0: Hey there. Quick little warning on this one, trigger warning. Uh, We do talk a little bit about sexual assault, violence, kidnapping, that kind of stuff uh, very briefly, but we do talk about that in this. So I did want to just give a little heads up on that. So if that is at all triggering for you, just be safe. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of pop culture and fandom news. And my co-host, yes, she has become my official co-host, Carla, (laughs) 28-time Fandom Choice Award nominee, Carla.
1: Now, I am very excited both to be
0: your co-host as I am on like roughly half the episodes, if not more. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And I I still haven't um, done the count to see who has the most nominations, but I'm pretty positive it is Carla. But I haven't done the count. You know, if you're listening to this on Win, if you're listening to this before the 12th of February, you can still vote. Um, That ballot will be open until midnight Eastern Standard Time, so 10 p.m. Mountain, 11 Central, 9 Pacific is when the ballot will be closed on February 12th, and then the winners will be announced live on February 19th. I'm trying to put together clip reels. It <laughs> so won't be like <laughs> it's been interesting.
1: <laughs> like, make it fun. Don't make it like an in memoriam kind of thing. Don't don't put like you know Sarah McLaughlin in the background.
0: <laughs> no, no. To- <laughs>
1: and then somebody's just talking about what they were into that week. <laughs>
0: And I have to say, some of, some of these categories are very tight, like really tight. And then some, uh, there's like a very clear winner already. Um, it doesn't mean it can't change within, I mean, if like we get like thousands of votes <laughs> before then it could all change and Carla could be crying. I don't oh know. Oh my God, don't make me cry, people. <laughs> I'm a very unattractive <laughs> crier. It's awful. Yes, let's not make Carla cry. So go vote. And once again, you have until midnight Eastern Standard Time on February twelfth to get those votes in, and then the winners will be announced live on our YouTube channel on Sunday. I almost said Saturday. Sunday, February nineteenth. Okay, so as we do every week when we start these, I want to first know, Carla, what is making you want to sing show tunes? I don't know. Why is it making me want to sing show tunes? I don't know what's making you
1: happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Jesus Christ superstar always makes me want to sing show tunes, but <laughs> this week it's the show Extraordinary on Hulu. It's a great, hilarious, hilarious show. It's uh, set in in the UK, and it's about in, in the universe of this of this show everybody has superpowers and like around your 18th birthday, you get your superpowers and like, nobody knows what superpower is going to be until it just suddenly manifests. And then it's like, Oh, it's a surprise. Like I can fly, you know, it's pretty cool stuff. And the, the lead has no powers. She's 25, no powers. She's considered not only like a late bloomer, but it's like, wow, it's probably never going to happen for you at this point. And it's like this big defining thing in her life that you know she's the only one in her group of friends and in her family who doesn't have any powers everybody's like pressuring her to like you know have you tried this have you tried that and she's like uh, ah, no it's not happening you know like whatever so she goes through this and this is just like the one season so she's you know does she accept herself does she try to get powers what does that mean in the grand scheme of things in, in her life, does it really matter? Um, Should it matter? And at the same time, you know, she, she learns a lot about herself outside of the whole powers question and about her friends. She, she has a roommate who has been her friend since grade school and her friend has the power to, um she can, the that can speak through her. So it's a really cool power. It's, it's, the, the whole show is like so neatly done. And it's like, you, you don't stop laughing the entire time. It it touches on some really serious, big themes of what it is to be a young adult. And, you know, not meeting the expectations that everybody has set for you. And she also has a half-sister who like everybody adores. And she's like the darling of the family. And so there's like a lot of stuff going on with this girl. She's like basically like a screw-up to the nth degree because you're throwing powers into the mix what endeared me for at first to this character aside from how how uh just effortlessly she's portrayed is that the lead reminds me a lot of melissa joan hart on cloris explains it all crossed with melissa joan hart on sabrina the teenage witch <laughs> <laughs> both in her looks and her facial expressions and on top of it, it has like really awesome music, for you know like background music or whatever. It's a great show. Like I, I really, I, I started watching it on a long. I was like, eh, you know, whatever. I I need to watch something to because I I've been, I've been watching some really like sad stuff <laughs> in preparation for the upcoming Regina King episode. Getting all of the sad stuff out of the way so I can like just enjoy things like daddy daycare
0: (laughs) i was gonna say is that what you're gonna end with yes (laughs) i'm going from like deep
1: and harrowing to superficial and brain candy that is the the trajectory that my (laughs) viewing is watching but i threw in some extraordinary i liked uh, I, i read the premise i was like i'm in and from the first moment i was hooked
0: I'll have to check that one out. I know that um, – I remember when you said that you were watching that. I'll have to check it out. I do – actually, it's amazing. The way I've retooled the podcast a little bit, I actually have time to watch stuff that's <laughs> a podcast prep. It's That's <laughs> awesome. It's so nice, I have to say. <laughs> uh, there's other stuff that I can't wait to be able to talk about that i watch watched that I'm embargoed from talking about. That's really good. So I can't wait to share that too. That'll be stuff that I'll, and and interesting too. So that'll be stuff I'll be talking about later once that, those embargoes lift. But what I'm into is uh, the documentary, Pamela, a love story. And this is the documentary that follows the life of Pamela Anderson. And um, she's in this and her sons. And it's also, you know, she videotaped so much of her life, especially with Tommy Lee. And so then it's also videotapes of that. She also like kept journals, like starting when she was a kid all the way up. And and she has all these journals and she's like, you can read these in the film, but I won't read them because if I read them, I will stop and be like, "We're we're not doing this anymore. So there is a voice that does some of the journals and everything. But it's just such an interesting documentary because I think Pamela Anderson has zilch respect Amongst most people, people think of her as a blonde bimbo and also people don't respect her because she was in Playboy and, um, of course, because the infamous sex tape uh, with Tommy Lee. And she goes into that and talks about how, you know, they edited that thing together so much to make it not look like it was. She's like, we were just two people madly in love with each other and just filming how in love we were. And she talks about how that just ruined her life, totally destroyed her career, did, didn't did hurt Tommy Lee at all, of course, because he's a man and he's a rocker. And so he's got that image. And so it kind of fit with the image. But for her, it was like it just played into that thing of like, you know, like she was talking about how she went to a deposition because they were suing because they didn't want this film out there. They were suing And she stressed, of course, they've never made a dime off of this. People think they made money off of this. They've never made any money off of this. And she said she went into this deposition for hours. And she went in there and they had pictures of her, naked pictures of her from Playboy up on the walls and framed. And they said, well, you did this. So you are fair game, basically. And it's it's awful uh, what they did to her. And it's also very... Sad documentary in a lot of respects because what she really just – all she wants is love, to fall in love. She's gotten married so many times because she's been searching for love. And, you know, the biggest heartbreak for her, I think, is the greatest love of her life other than her children was Tommy Lee. But the second he was physical with her in any way, she left. And she was like, there's no way I'm going back to him but she s- was said in this documentary that i think what i'm always searching for and what breaks my heart is i wanted to be with the father of my children forever i wanted to grow old with that with him I- that's who i wanted to be with but i couldn't do that i couldn't be with him there's just no way i could which is great that she didn't go back to him you know because she grew up with a very very unhealthy Example for parents, Um, you know, her father was very abusive to her mother and they're still together and stuff. So she grew up with that. But I just recommend it, especially if you have any kind of different view on Pamela Anderson, like if you think she's stupid or if you think she's just like a person that just wants to show off her body. Like she said in there, doing Playboy was different because that was her being in charge and she made that decision to do that having that sex tape out there, she did not decide to do that. That was a private thing. And just because she showed her body in other places, doesn't make it okay for her body to be shown everywhere. She's not property of the world. Yeah. Yeah, I I
1: think that's one thing that is like so important when they put up those pictures, like you were saying at the deposition, those, those photos that she took, she took those pictures with her consent. Those were things that she said, hi, I am here to take up my clothing for you to take these pictures of me. Let's do that. But to take that and to extrapolate it into what you are entitled to and what you're not entitled to in this person's life and in their bodies, that, that's, that's so wrong. I think it, there's also so much to be said for the way that this country and its puritanical zeal, especially when it comes to women's bodies, how that plays into that. You know, it's, it's, um, this idea that people can own your body in some way just because you have it and they're interested in it and that's all that it takes it no it's this is a whole human being you can't just you can't just claim ownership of another human being that's not the way that's not the way things should work and yet that's the way it too often ends up playing out
0: yeah exactly yeah yeah and you know Once again, if she kept stressing and, you know, she kept stressing in there, of course, the consent thing she was stressing because I I do want to say as a heads up that she does talk about sexual assault because she has been the victim of that a couple of times when she was a kid. So she talks about that in there and she talks about how having this happen with the sex tape and then going to the deposition was like going back to when she was a kid and having that happen to her when she was a kid. So she felt violated because that wasn't with her, it wasn't done with her consent. And, you know, that was a private, 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 intimate moment with her partner. And just because someone is famous too, it doesn't mean that they negate any rights to privacy. I hate that argument that, well, you're famous, so you've kind of given away. I think even though you're famous, you still are entitled to have privacy and to have those moments. So yeah, it it just it's really interesting, really good, and and I have to say they showed clips of her because um, she performed in Chicago, uh, the musical Chicago, and she looked pretty good. She looked like she was doing a really good job. So I, you know, I started crying when um, they showed some of that, just because you had followed her in this whole thing and her talking about her life and hearing the journal entries and all of that, and then watching her do that when. You know, everybody really was like, oh, wait a minute. She's going to go on Broadway, a Pamela Anderson. She can't do this. And so watching her sing and doing that was just like, I don't know, it was, there was something so beautiful about watching that and hearing the audience really loving it and just imagining that that must have been, like, just for her, like, this, like, pinnacle of, like, I'm being taken seriously because that's what she wanted you know, she wanted to be taken seriously. So, and you know, like, I think back to to Baywatch,
1: to those those early um, the early episodes that she was in, and you know, I think she was one of the better ones in Baywatch as far as acting talent, because I, I I really feel like in Baywatch they didn't really recruit people for their talent, except for like how well you can jiggle across the beach, like that's about it. But I thought that she did pretty well in that show and you know I, I i think i definitely fell into that that whole idea of like oh well you know she's oh uh, she's skanky and she's gross and whatever so uh, which is completely uh it's completely gross that i was ever in that mindset but thinking about it now i'm like how many opportunities was she deprived of
0: yeah because because of that and she talked about barbed wire and you know, and how that was originally was written to be something different. She's like, I can't even tell you what that movie was now, and all of that. And she, and you know, and they kept showing clips of when she'd go on interviews, and all anybody would talk about is her breasts and the sex tape, and make fun of her. And when she's right there, it's like, uh, and she would even be saying these comments like, "Hey, that's basically like a oh, fuck you. Stop talking about me like this." And they would just kind of just keep doing it. So it's just it's it's gross the way uh, the media treated her and all of that. It's just it's just gross. And and it's and Tommy Lee was freaky when he he would not take no. She was like no, I don't want to go out with you. And he was call, he would call her cons- consistently. He like when they got married, it's because he showed up where she was. She went to Cancun with her girlfriends. Went there. And he said, well, I'm going to show up there and I'm going to meet up with you. And she was just kind of like, okay, let's just meet up with these people. And then that's when she ended up marrying him like 48 hours later. But yeah, I know. I know. She's like, I know there were all these red flags that I just totally ignored. But yeah, that was pretty scary. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to – so. What's got you excited enough to sing show tunes? Angry <laughs> enough to never sing a show tune, <laughs> or something like that? Angry enough
1: to sing angry show tunes? <laughs> yes. Um, well, I, I'm a bit in, in mourning, Erin. I'm 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 having a moment of devastation here because, you know, I, I've gone through so many stages of grief over. Twitter's slow decline. And, you know, I, I I go through this whole thing of like, oh, I, you know, I never liked it here anyway. And it, it's always sucked. And yes, it has always sucked because content moderation has been a joke forever. Um, it's never been a truly safe place for anybody in any marginalized community. There's so much rampant misinformation on it. So it's never truly been like the best thing that's ever been out there, but it is the place where i've met most of my adult friends you know friends that that i've made after i graduated college and started working you know like th- these are people who i met not because of circumstances where they were placed in front of me but because i sought out like-minded people about something that impassions me, which was the Mindy, the Mindy project at the time, and have made really lasting, very strong friendships from there. Not only that, it has been a huge educational tool for me. Because that that mindset like like I was talking about with Pamela Anderson, I have gone such a long way just in the time that I started not even interacting sometimes, but just learning through people's experiences and through people's, um through what people have to say on Twitter, about everything, anything that you can imagine about people's experiences that are not your own. All of that has been such a huge, significant portion of of my adult life. And I feel like every other day, something new happens to, um, to strip that further away. And, And I mean, of course, of course, it's by design. I mean, there's I think it's no secret to anybody that the reason Elon Musk bought Twitter was to uh, further disenfranchise people whose only real megaphone was Twitter. The reason that I've learned so much about so many causes and so many um, different groups of people and all of these points of view that I wasn't aware of, you know, Musk doesn't want people like me. Learning from other people because it doesn't serve him. He's a rich white guy whose only concern is rich white guys, specifically himself. And he's seeing his quote unquote rights being stripped away in real time because people are demanding. So it's not a zero sum game. You know, somebody else gaining rights does not mean that you don't have rights. And if you view it that way, then one, check your privilege, which I learned on Twitter, by the way. And, you know, perhaps think about the fact that you're just, I don't know, like maybe you're not as brilliant as you think you are if you think that that's how things work. When it comes to to wealth, for example, it's a vast ocean of money out there. And there are very few people hoarding most of it while everybody else is uh, dehydrating on on dry land. And they think that if, that if we take away just enough to give these dying people enough to quench their thirst, that suddenly they're going to be left with what most of that ocean of wealth, you know, and that's, and you can apply that same metaphor to any kind of right just across the board. I mean, just because somebody suddenly, um, being given more visibility, for example, in terms of of how their history is portrayed in school, specifically speaking of Black history, since I'm in Florida and we have DeSantis and, you know, he's making it next to impossible for people to have access to the truth about what's happening and has happened to Black people in this country, it makes more sense in my head. But the point of it is that that it doesn't mean that the history that you have grown up hearing about is not going to be told. It just means that you're going to get a fuller picture. But people don't want the fuller picture because then these Black people are going to, you know, like suddenly be seen as humans and not as property and chattel meant to be disposable. So, and, and you know, to bring it back to the whole thing of Twitter, like one of the the big ways in which, a lot of change has come about in the last 10 or so years has been by people gathering on twitter organizing on twitter and amassing a following around causes that they couldn't have gotten through any other means because it's not that you can get the same visibility on on facebook you know you, you can't it, it's an unbeatable algorithm because it's only meant to to make mark zuckerberg and his cronies Money. That's all that it exists for. But yeah, every other day I log on and I see more people talk, more people talking about their voices being suppressed. Like, can can, is anybody seeing my tweets lately? I haven't. I'm not getting as much engagement as I used to, or people's accounts being something like just, like you know, just out of the blue, kind of banned, or they don't have the same access to them, or there are. More obstacles to even being on the platform, in the in um in the sense that it's being flooded again with more right wing uh, creeps because they're being um, unbanned, so that makes it more difficult to want to be open on that platform, and there are talks of of Twitter being put behind a paywall which is an awful thing because one of the great things about Twitter is Twitter being free. And yeah, you may have like a bazillion ads that you don't really want to see, but at least before the takeover, it was pretty much worth it. You know, nobody wants to see ads that they don't want. This is why people go to Hulu paid without ads because nobody wants to see ads. But yeah, um, yeah. like I, I I, I told Aaron recently, There was a time when I was like, you know, if Twitter decided that, you know, if you want to see fewer ads, just, you know, pay a couple bucks a month, I would have absolutely done it because it was so worth it to me. And now it's absolutely, absolutely not. But the other factor in that is that I had a couple of bucks to spare. What about all of the people who don't have a couple of extra bucks per month that they can throw towards Twitter? And at this time it's at this point, it's not even just about getting rid of ads on your timeline. It's about accessing it at all. And who are the people who are most in need of this platform and of this gathering space? It's people who don't have that kind of money, don't have that that access to that kind of platform. So yeah, I I'm a little bit in mourning. Like I, I'm as much as I as I try to be like, oh, I don't really care anymore. I've moved on. I have five other accounts on different social media that i never check because i forget that it exists i am still really sad and sore about this whole twitter thing i don't want to be i want to be too cool for it i want to be like "Eh, it's just okay it's an okay place but no like it really makes me sad
0: yeah it's really heartbreaking and you know and i know a lot of creators have seen um their reach and their reach outside of there diminish because of twitter So, you know, Twitter was one of the places that creators got a lot of traction. And I'm talking about podcasts here too. So I know it's affecting a lot of people. And it's just really, really, really sad to me because – and having all these weird new check marks and paying for check marks and then different colored check marks and then who knows what's going on. And then I have gotten more – Bam, DMs than I ever did before. It's ridiculous. Like I won't check for a while and then I'll go and check and it's like 20 new ones. And I'm like, you go to block them and the accounts are even blocked, but or gone, disappeared. But it's like these weird messages that I didn't get even before. Like you'd always get junk messages and stuff, but, and that's to be expected with almost anything on the internet. But it's like, it seems like it's increased a lot. Like there is... It, it's just like, it's so disturbing to me. And the whole little line excuse of free speech. No, they don't want free speech. They want certain hate speech and stuff. And they want to stifle other speech. It's not that they want free speech. People want a platform, again, to spew hatred and to spread lies and misinformation. So it's just, it's dangerous, too. But it's just really heartbreaking and sad, so... That's why I don't go on there that much anymore, be- except for to post stuff, because it's like, ah, oh, this is depressing. I don't even yeah. know what to do here anymore. Well, I am also upset about something because, you know, and, and I, I will, though, at the I- end of this, I do want to give a shout out about something. But um, so <laughs> I'm really pissed at men and, and women do this, too, but uh, people in... Hollywood giving excuses to their friends who are predators. And I'm speaking specifically in this instance to Ashton Kutcher and James Gunn. If you don't know, there's that 90s show is on now on Netflix. Um, I'm not too impressed with it, but it's on. And one of the people missing, of course, is the character of Hyde, played by who was played by Danny Masterson, who was a horrible, awful reportedly allegedly you have to say that for legality reasons allegedly he has brutally brutally sexually assaulted numerous women and i think a lot of the reason he he also was able to get away with stuff for so long is the scientology bit because they have lots of money lots of lawyers well ashton kutcher was asked about this to talk about it and he's like well i don't really talk about it too much but i just always remember when we were shooting that 70s show And he would say, let's not screw it up, everyone. Let's not do something bad. So Ashton Kutcher is hanging on to that, thinking that that somehow means that maybe that is the person and that that means that he wasn't doing these horrible things. And he's saying, I hope he's found not guilty because I hope he didn't actually do this. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. Come on. And he still talks to him. So. I want to just say people can be horrible, vile human beings and still say stuff like let's not fuck around. (laughs) It doesn't mean they're not vile, horrible human beings. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, awful people can do nice things all the
1: time and they frequently do sometimes to excuse themselves from these awful things that they do.
0: Exactly. It's not like people that are awful predators are always going to be walking around with like a neon sign saying, I'm an awful predator. The way they get away with stuff is by doing stuff like this that makes them look like they aren't. And the other one is James Gunn. So uh, James Gunn is now the head of like DC. And he recently had a press conference where he was talking about the future of DC and they brought up the movie, um, The Flash, which uh, stars Ezra Miller and if you don't know their troubles, there's video of them choking someone. They allegedly were holding an underage girl captive, all this other stuff that they were allegedly doing, and they were like hiding out in plain plain sight. And now, of course, they've gone into a treatment facility and they're getting treatment. So James Gunn, is like The Flash is going to be a great movie, pushing for The Flash. Other people that are in The Flash also are like saying, this is going to be a great movie. And Ezra, they were so great on set and they were so great to work with. And James Gunn's saying, well, you know, people just, you know, people fall, people make mistakes and they're getting the help they need to be getting. Oh, it's so frustrating. It just,
1: ugh. like there's no accountability. Like, there's no, no real the- accountability because another thing no. is that this isn't even Ezra Miller's first accusation. No. They've been accused many times of abusive behavior, of, of, um, potential sexual misconduct, I guess is like the umbrella term that can be used here. Mm-hmm. And they constantly get, you know, uh, what's it called? Like, a slap on the wrist and that's about it and then they continue on with their lives with their life and then you know show up to set are a great co-worker and then take a hiatus and go and abuse somebody else like at, at what point does this person seem to be learning from their mistakes
0: yeah it's just so frustrating so i am just really fed up and tired with that and i'm fed up and tired also fans do the same exact thing And I'm fed up with people saying they're so sick of cancel culture. Cancel culture, number one, it's not really necessarily even a real thing because people that really deserve to be canceled, frankly, do not get canceled. This is the prime example. Um, You know, Danny Masterson, if you read up what he allegedly did, if you read up on that, this person should not be seeing daylight at all. So if you read up on that, if you follow along with what Ezra Miller what they um allegedly did to you it's it's just like what? No, no. And you know, maybe if we changed it to accountability, but even then people are never people don't get accountability either. And people get allegedly canceled for like a day or two really in the long run and then they come back or their supporters come back. You just just go back and You know, watch what happened with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and that whole thing. No matter where you fall on that, frankly, the behavior of some fans of Johnny Depp was so incredibly disgusting to victims, to other victims. They made other victims feel like crap. And because of some of that stuff that's happened, like you've got, you know, Marilyn Manson suing the people that have accused him. So it's just stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Let's just – let's really try and hold people accountable instead of just being like, oh, they're going to go into a treatment facility for a month that's really probably just like a – I don't know, but probably more like a luxurious vacation for these people that have more money. So, whatever. And and we still are going to get this movie uh, instead of getting All It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like
1: they – They shelved a movie that was completed about that girl who was played by a black woman, but they're giving Ezra Miller the green light to continue as The Flash, which
0: I don't think anybody asked for in the first place, but you know. No, no, no. So before we move on to our big topic, though, I did want to say, I did want to just quickly give a huge. Congratulations and shout out to our friend Josh Rubin, who has a brand new directorial project that he's doing. Um, It's a sci-fi horror film called Green Bank, um, starring Tatiana Maslany and um, Jasmine Savoy Brown, who is from Scream and was also in Yellow Jackets as well, or is also in Yellow Jackets as well. So just a big shout out. Um, To Josh Rubin, and I can't wait to watch this film. Anything that you direct is gonna be fun and great, and you're one of the good people in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) You're one of the good ones. Don't ever change. (laughs) We love you, Josh. Uh, So, if you didn't hear, Showtime has officially merged with Paramount Plus. So now it's like Showtime Paramount Plus or whatever they're gonna be calling themselves. And this is happening a lot with, like, HBO Max. We've, we've briefly kind of mentioned that in the past. Even though it's not the same thing, I would kind of lump even what Netflix is doing now with their whole password, not being able to share your password and you'll get locked out of your account bullshit that they're doing. So Showtime also, because of this merger... Um, They have gotten rid of Let the Right One In, American Gigolo, this other show, Three Women, Paramount Plus just pulled uh, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, just pulled that off of their network. They also pulled the uh, Real World Reunion thing, which I know that sounds like, oh, that's – who cares? That's real, Real World. But those were actually really good, and we're talking about some very important things, I do think. So, um, that said, but that just are little things. They're going to definitely pull other stuff. And this again, leads to the problem, the issue of when everything is streaming and you don't have physical media, where does all this stuff go and all this hard work that people did? How can people enjoy it in the future? And how can people benefit from this in the future? So I know we're very upset about this. So I know I don't have to ask you if you're happy about this. So, Carla And, and, and I want to add, even though Yellow Jackets has been renewed through season three, that doesn't mean that will stick. So that's also my fear is that's going to go away and I'll be very heartbroken for many reasons. So, Carla, your thoughts on all of this crap?
1: It's just greed upon greed upon greed. Like, any time that I hear, oh, these companies are merging or company is buying an, out another company, my whole thing is like, the hell for? You know, there's really no good reason other than money because all it's doing is that it is making the talent pool that much smaller because inevitably there are layoffs that is one thing that stays constant in this is that there are layoffs and i read the letters that were sent by the heads of both paramount plus and showtime and they all start out with like we're so excited for this change and we can't wait to see what happens and this is all we're just trying to, trying to drive create creativity and innovation and woohoo. Yay for us. But okay. You know, what about this person's job? Is it still safe? Is there going to be any change to benefits packages? Is the pay scale going to be changed? What does it mean for teams that have been working on projects for months or years? What does any of it mean other than congratulations to you for probably getting a huge bonus at some point? If you are made redundant, you will probably end up with a very nice severance package. Unlike everybody else mm-hmm. who's going to get probably a couple of weeks of severance and a pat in the back of like, mm, good luck. We'll give you a good recommendation if you can manage to find an interview. The whole system is just, it's so rigged. It's so rigged for the rich people at the top. And it doesn't get any better because there is nobody stopping it. There's no, the whole antitrust thing that's supposed to exist, the whole rules and regulations that are supposed to prevent companies from um, conducting services, conducting business unfairly, that all evaporates because, You know they can pay lobbyists and they can pay who they need to, and you know it's it's all in service of you know the economy and this is good for the economy in the long run, and they can throw out their empty words and somebody will just run with it. It, It's just it's a real shame and it's it makes me so sad for the fact that you know as much as we are right now and like in in a in a time when. There's a huge amount of entertainment options out there. Just you know, I, I think this is possibly one of the ages where we have just the most access to all, to so much stuff out there that we don't even know what to do with all of it. But the answer isn't to narrow that down willy-nilly and just be like, okay, well, we're going to focus on only the best. Who are you to tell me that this is the Best that you can offer, especially when you are merging two places with pretty different offerings. Because Paramount Plus is more family friendly for the most part, Showtime is Mm -hmm. more edgy. So, like, I'm worried about okay, what does this mean for edgier fare? What does this mean for more family friendly fare? Where can we go to watch reruns of? old stuff that we really liked and enjoyed. And, you know, there are just too many things up in the air, not the least of which is the effect on the lives of the people who work for these companies.
0: Yeah, it's just really, you know, they're dressing it up in this nice little package and saying this will make everything better in the long run. And this will, you know, streamline things or whatever. But what that means is they're going to get rid of a lot of great original content. What I'm worried about is, you know, along the lines of the edgy stuff is I'm worried about, you know, artists that are trying to do something different or, and also bringing any kind of broader representation as well, because that's going to be the first thing that's going to go in these things is, you know, any, any, any inkling of like any kind of representation that goes beyond what we're used to seeing Uh, They're going to try and nix usually because that's usually where they will go because they'll use the excuse that that won't make money or that won't bring them viewers, which is bullshit, but that's the excuse they will make. And so there's that fear too. And then there's the fear of just losing so much work that people have done, losing media. You know, it used to be you'd collect the DVDs and then the Blu-rays or, you know, way back when it was the VHSs and... Stuff like that. And you'd have that physical media so that if you could never watch it on, you know, demand or you can never watch it on the television, like on regular cable, you still had those. You still had that. So you could still access that. Well, now there are things that you cannot get on that. You know, you can't get a lot of these Netflix original things, you can't get on actual physical media. And you can't get like a lot of these shows. And when they pull them and they pull everything, What's going to happen to all of that? What's going to happen to all of that? Does that just go away into some vault like how Disney used to do where they put their stuff into a vault and then after a while they release it? Or do they just get rid of it forever? And what about all those artists? And what about the fact that, you know, um, you also have some artists that they make, you know, they make money, uh, royalties on stuff. So then what is what happens to that? Because there are some people... You know, most people that work in entertainment and work in that realm do not make millions of dollars like other people. The majority don't. So then what happens when you take that away? What happens when you end up turning everything into the same old, same old, and it's the cheapest to make? And so then when it becomes the cheapest to make, that also means it becomes more like more reality shows and stuff like that. So then what happens to people in crews as well. And yes, you'll need crews for those, but what happens to makeup artists, all this stuff. And then you've also got the AI aspect too, but that's a totally different co- conversation. But what happens to those people too? So it's not just one, it's just a domino effect. You do this and you laugh at th- those people and you get rid of this, then you're going to get rid of other people down the line. And, you know, there's also talk of an impending writer strike through WGA, So then that's also going to lead to more reality stuff. And so then that will do domino effects as well. And I'm not saying I don't support writers that are striking because I totally do. And a lot of the reasons some writers are striking also has to do with streaming. So it's like it all is circular. It all comes back. So it's like we created this thing, you know, that was created, this streaming thing that was supposed to be cheaper and better than cable. And then... It's slowly becoming just as expensive as cable, but also taking away a lot of amazing talent and amazing works of art. And I'm not – I didn't watch any of most of these things that have been taken away, like the Showtime shows like American Gigolo and stuff like that. I didn't watch that. I heard Let the Right One In was great. I didn't watch it. But that doesn't matter. It's just the fact that stuff is being taken away. And that's why I say, I don't think yellow jackets is necessarily safe. They could very easily take that away. So it's just, you know, and other stuff too, other things they might've had in the works that they're just going to pull and other stuff that's already on there that they'll just be like, we're not going to have this on here anymore. You know? Um, so, you know, I mean, there's already the the rights to the show. Queer folk are very, very messed up. Like they're just all over the place. But what if, like cuz they don't have any idea who could greenlight it. I think NBC owns it now or something and that's why Peacock did the remake and all this. So it's just a mess. But that show you can still stream on Showtime, but what happens if they take that away or you know stuff like that. So it's just sad. And I mean luckily that you can still get on physical media, but still I don't know. It's just it's just depressing. So we, this has been a very depressing <laughs> Think back to extraordinary and how awesome and hilarious that sounds. There you go. And, you know, congratulations to Josh Rubin. (laughs) Yay, happy things. Take those happy things away from this. No, but we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up there. Um, You know, we'll probably revisit the subject at some point. So, yeah, and definitely. I mean, we'll always be revisiting the accountability and calling out people on that because people we love also don't do that. So, you know, so it's a, it's a big thing. And just remember, cancel culture really doesn't flip and exist. So it's not like you can be sit- I don't know. Sorry. That just irritated.
1: No, crap it, out it's to true. Me. There's no such thing because <laughs> all of these people seem to be coming back. Like they take a, a two year break from their careers. They sit on their money and then they come back. And do their little apology tour and then they get contracts again. So, you know, like, I'm not going to sit here and feel sad for any of these people that are quote unquote canceled.
0: I am like all this talk about something's going to happen to Brad Pitt. I mean, look at Brad Pitt. (laughs) Please, (laughs) come on. The man has more
1: work now than he did five years ago.
0: Yes. And I frankly don't think anything bad ever happened to Johnny Depp. Yes, he may have lost out on some jobs, but I don't know. I I think more. I think. And, and no matter what you think of Amber Heard, too, I think bad. St- I think a lot of bad stuff happened to her instead with her career, more so than Johnny Depp, quite Absolutely. frankly. But, but anyway,
1: <laughs> back to happy! Yay!
0: <laughs> Yay! Sitcoms and Josh Rubin! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Josh Rubin, have you ever thought of doing a sitcom? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, we're gonna go ahead and close out this one, and my lovely co-host Carla, who also co-hosts another podcast, and maybe soon she'll be co-hosting like twenty more. I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> where can everybody find Bedwetter behead and you? Well, they can find
1: Bedwetter Behead wherever you get your fine artisanal handmade podcasts. You can also, well, because, you know, Meg edits using her hands on the computer. So it's handmade. It it counts. I also use my hands to, you know, put in all the cables. Yeah. It counts. Handmade podcasts. Um, uh, You can find us online on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod. You can look at all of our fabulous retweets on bed uh, at wet bed, wet behead pod. You can find us on other social media. Look for uh, by of Redhead podcast. Regardless of whether or not we put our content, you should support us anyway, just because we're fabulous people. Yes. And you can look for me and my art and my musings on Instagram at Carla and my website, carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S dot com. And if you want me to co-host your podcast, just find me somewhere and, and ask me, hey, Carla, <laughs> would you like to co-host another podcast? And I'll probably say yes.
0: there you go yes and and that time i had my hands in the pockets of my sweatshirt and i was using my fingers (laughs) you were doing fine (laughs) the last three words i know if you've been following along you know what this is if you haven't go back and listen to i don't even remember when this started i think it was the beginning of january yes just go back and listen to all of the january episodes and you will you will catch up yes and you should listen to them anyway because they're all great and wonderful so
1: especially the newsies one
0: yes especially that is still our number one most popular <laughs> episode right now i'm wondering when it, if when and if it'll be knocked from that number one spot but it is holding. only on to we cover one. newsies again <laughs> all newsies all the time there is a podcast <laughs> there's a podcast that's called um, – and shout out to you. I haven't listened to you, but, um, but maybe I'll check you out. But there's a podcast, I think it's called like Newsies Minutes or something like that. And it's – every episode is one minute of the film. And they talk about wow. one minute of Newsies. So Newsies fans, if you're still listening to us after our Newsies episode, which I still think was a great episode. It's a good episode. It was That was one of my – I yeah I complain about editing sometimes, but no,
1: but I but I, I told you I, I think it's all of the Hollywood execs looking for that Christian Bale uh, addition to be John Bon Jovi. That's what it's got to be.
0: I should look and see because I can look and see where people are that are listening to Newsies and if like would-
1: not your house. She can't see your house. No, just no, no a no, General no. like city area. Yeah,
0: just general city and see if they're all like in L.A. or New York. <laughs> 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 that would crack me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because
1: you know what, if they don't make it into a movie, it could just be a Broadway musical.
0: <gasps> John Bon Jovi the musical starring Christian. John Bon Jovi failed. live, yes. <laughs> Christian will be like in an interview, be like, "One day I got this call, and they said we saw your attention.
1: <laughs> We're very excited to turn on this musical.
0: <laughs> he'll be like, "What are you talking about?"
1: Here. You're welcome, Christian.
0: <laughs> yes. Here, let's show this. And then I'll get this email. This is Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> and so begins the great friendship of Aaron, Carla, and Christian. ECC. Yes. ECC. I don't know.
1: <laughs> CEC Music Factory. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> we'll get shirts. <laughs> and you can wear those with your cargo pants that you've had for years, Christian. <laughs> Yes, there you
1: go. Isn't that perfect? We we just see we're just deciding all aspects of his life now, his schedule, his wardrobe. <laughs> Is there anything we can't do? Is there anything we can't do? <laughs> well, maybe stuff we
0: shouldn't. But <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah. just picturing us all sitting there with our sweatshirts on, our logo. So this is Aaron Christian, I'm not Aaron Christian, but this is Aaron, comma Christian. <laughs> when did they you change your last time? <laughs> um, so this is Aaron. You can um, uh, well, I'm not going to get my Twitter because honestly, there's no reason to follow me on Twitter anymore. I need nothing there. So instead, I'm going to direct you to Fergie's TikTok account. And we, I just posted two TikToks on there that I cannot believe they have not gone viral. I will be quite honest. I was like, oh, this one in the snow is sure to go viral. And it's only had like 800 and something views. I know that that is a lot, but it's not really in TikTok world. And then I posted another one that's a throwback of her playing with a purple balloon in the park. <laughs> and it's, that one hasn't gone viral either. You should have hashtagged it, spy a balloon. Oh, I should have. <laughs> oh my gosh, Carla. Why didn't I think of that? Um, but you can follow. Um, and the profile picture is actually of my dog Schroeder, who sadly passed away in November of 2020. But I'm and I'm never gonna change that profile pic. Um, but it's uh Schroeder and Ferg's, and Schroeder is spelled S-C-H-R-O-E D-E-R, and is spelled out, so A N D. F-E-R-G-S so I know that's long but go follow Schroeder and Ferg's and you can see the cute adorableness of Fergie and I still cannot believe that that's no one is that oh it only has 266 views I just looked. 266 can you believe that? It's the cutest thing in the world Carla's seen it she knows. <laughs> All the sexy
1: ladies have seen it.
0: Yes <laughs> I make them watch these things whether they want you or not um <laughs> No, you'll want to watch them. But be sure to like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. We're also on TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to contact us about the John Bon Jovi musical, uh, feel free to reach out to us via our website, It's a Fandom Thing dot com. Click the contact us button. That'll shoot me an email. And don't forget to vote in our fandom choice awards before midnight Eastern Standard Time on February 12th. Remember, Carla's been nominated for 28, including her spot on Christian effing Bale impression. So Christian, Christian, Christian Bale, you send this out to all your friends and have them vote.
1: (laughs) We know you're listening, Christian Bale.
0: Yes. Yes, Christian, Philip, Charles. Is not your on the bail. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm going to end this now, but, but on our next on our next episode, Carla is going to be back to talk about Beyoncé. But until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black lives matter and stop Asian hate.